Folks, what is going on? Arm and Hammer here. Today we're going to be talking about the 2020 CrossFit Games because guess what? We have uh, no date, a brand new online component, and apparently the cuts are back. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what all this means. Now, folks, before we get into the CrossFit Games news, just want to take a second to thank my sponsor for this video, Caffeine and Kilos. These guys have been around for a long time, established 2013. That's what it says right there on that mug. And they make a lot of really cool things from coffee, the PR blend is my personal favorite, to apparel, lots of very comfortable, cool, rad designed shirts. Those are also part of their repertoire of things that they make and sell. Caffeine Kilos is just a really cool company. They sponsor a lot of weightlifters and CrossFitters, and you've probably already heard of them, but definitely wanted to take a second to thank them for sponsoring this video. You can find them at caffeineandkilos.com. Now let's get to it. To catch you up real quick before we jump into any of the specifics, CrossFit just announced that the 2020 CrossFit Games are going to have both an online portion as well as an in-person portion, and that the dates for those competitions are now kind of sort of up in the air. The online portion is going to take place sometime in September. The in-person portion is going to take place sometime four to five weeks after the online portion, and it is still going to include the 30 athletes that they cut down to, the top 20 worldwide out of the open and the 10 sanctional qualified athletes, but the online portion is the only portion that all 30 of them are going to be competing at because through that online competition, they're going to cut to five, five, one, two, three, four, five. That's it. Five men, five women. Those are the only ones invited to come to the in-person competition, quote, in California. Here are the specifics according to the CrossFit Games press release. Elements of the 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games will include the roster of 30 men and 30 women from 16 countries who were invited to the 2020 CrossFit Games who will compete from their homes or local gyms. The first stage of the competition will determine final placements and prize money for games winners from 6th place to 30th place. The top five men and women will be invited to compete in Northern California in the finals under strict safety protocols. The dates for the competition are being determined based on input from the athletes and will be announced by mid-August. The first stage will take place in September, and the in-person finals for the five top men and women roughly four to five weeks later. All events will be filmed and streamed for fans on the CrossFit Games site, and the games will be promoted broadly across mainstream and social media. Every athlete will be judged in person by an experienced member of CrossFit's seminar staff. Ugh. So, folks, we're going to talk about this new format, and specifically, we're going to look at the upsides versus the downsides, the pros versus the cons, in three different categories. The format, the logistics, and the identity of the CrossFit Games. And before we get into any of those areas of concern, I think it's important to say a couple of things. First off is very, very commendable to CrossFit for really trying hard. I mean, they are trying so hard. They are just death grip 
onto the very last vestiges of whatever they think is a necessary and sufficient condition to call the CrossFit Games. They're just like holding onto it as tightly as they can. It's it's Sylvester Stallone in cliffhanger holding onto the cable with one hand, bicep veins bulging, and then holding onto whatever the lady with his other hand. It is... It is those exact stakes of life and death not ever willing to let go have to do everything in their power to really fight it and put it on and put on some sort of an event and competition. And that type of effort is certainly commendable. And it is really, really, really interesting to see how they're approaching it from let's create this best case scenario and the comparison of what that potential best case scenario might end up, you know, being in their brains versus the actual thing that it ends up being, because there is going to be a huge difference. We've already seen the best case scenario that has been pictured for the CrossFit games was thrown out the window in let's say March and that best case scenario has changed dramatically since then multiple times. And now we really have no idea. I mean, we had no idea before, but we really have no idea. So when we're talking about these various areas of concern, the format issues, the logistic issues, the identity of the thing itself, we're really talking about the comparison between this like idyllic, best case scenario, wonderful, like objective perfection of what they're planning for and hoping to achieve versus the actual experience of what it ends up being for the athletes and the spectators and everybody involved. So let's go ahead and talk about that format because it is an online competition with the 30 CrossFit Games athletes that cuts down to just five, top five. Now, one, We've already seen the cuts. If you didn't like the cuts in 2019, chances are you're probably going to be just as pissed about the cuts in 2020 because one, the national champions were already cut. So were the teams and so were the age groups. And then this happens, which is an even more extreme cut than, you know, the sprints taking it down to 10 in 2019. So we're talking about the smallest competitive field that has ever happened at the CrossFit Games. And I'll talk a little bit more specifically about that in a second. But in terms of the format, there are some massive positives. One is the online version of this thing is going to be really, really high stakes. And the in-person version of it is going to be incredibly exciting. You're going to have really, really interesting looks into the, the programming of an online competition that is the games versus that is the open. So versus something that's super accessible and meant to be, you know, available for anybody anywhere or this thing, which is it's for the CrossFit games athletes and it's going to select them to the top five. If it looks anything like the open, it is a disaster. I'm just saying that right now. If the workouts are something that you would see in the CrossFit Games Open, if it's if one of the workouts is a 19-minute AMRAP of wall ball 
and rowing for calories, it is a disaster. That is the worst possible way that you can use this format because you're only programming for the 30 best CrossFitters in the world. What the hell are you wasting all of our times for? The in-person side of the format is, like I said, very exciting because at that point you've cut down to five. Those five are going to get all the screen time. They're going to get all the attention. They're going to get all the news cycle around the CrossFit Games exclusively about them for however long that in-person competition is. Two days, three days, who knows? Even if it's one day, which it probably won't be, let's be honest. Even if it's just a couple of days, you're talking about the eyes of the entire CrossFit Games fan base focused exclusively on those 10 athletes, five men, five women. That is it for the entirety of the final set of events. That's crazy. That is really, really crazy because we've never seen that sort of attention on that small of a group of field. And on top of that, those athletes, they have so much to gain just by making it into that top five. If they make it to that top five, it's like, gigantic upside not only are they making money not only are they going to be making money but they're also going to be getting massive amounts of exposure and attention that is incredibly valuable moving forward into a future that we have no idea what to expect with the crossfit games that said i think we could be running into some issues here with the scoring how do you score the 30 best CrossFitters in the world in an online competition where only the top five move on to an in-person competition? And then how do you score the in-person competition? And then what's the transition look like? Do the scores from the online portion carry over? Do you get points just based off of where you ranked, like kind of like the age group? Open would work where their first workouts score was where they ranked overall in the open in their age group. Maybe, I don't know, but you can't do any of the traditional scoring systems that we've seen in the CrossFit Games. None of them will work with a set of five athletes. And if they try and use any of those old scoring systems, it is going to be a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. There won't be enough space to make up any points you won't ever be able to jockey against any of the competitors it's like the first time you get a lead you're already way ahead of everybody else which leads us to the logistical bucket of issues this is going to be probably the single biggest practical set of problems that crossfit needs to solve the the issues with the format are more sort of heady. They're more about organization. The practical issues here, the actual logistics of pulling this off, you know, there's some questions that they need to answer. For example, is this online competition going to run like Rogue or is it going to run like the Open? Here are the differences. Rogue, everything was standardized. Every athlete was sent the exact equipment they would need. The floor space that they were going to be competing in was standardized for every single event. The time it took place was standardized for every single event. All of it happened at the same time. All of it happened in the same footprint. All of it happened with the same weights. All of it happened under the eye of 
the same judge, you know, basically from the same group is what I'm base is what I'm trying to say. CrossFit has only committed to the standardization of the judge, where a judge who's on the CrossFit seminar staff is going to be there for the events. The rogue level of everything is on the same playing field versus the open, which is here are the workouts, report back in a week with your scores. That could be a really big problem. If it functions like the open, it could be a really big problem for a few reasons. One, how do you handle repeat attempts? Do you allow them? Do you not allow them? Do you program in a way where they physically cannot do repeat attempts? It's like, here's a three-day competition and 12 events. There's no way you're going to get repeats in. Okay. Are they allowed to do them together? So for example, if they're in the same city, let's say, I don't know, Cookville, and we've got the men's defending champion and the women's defending champion, the two best CrossFitters alive right now, are they allowed to do them head to head, like next to each other as they would in a training session? Because that would give them an advantage because they're directly competing with somebody. Whereas someone who's stuck in their garage or stuck in their home gym or stuck in their you know facility somewhere else and they don't have a training partner to compete against, well, you know, how do you how do you balance those things out? Do you require people to just be sequestered and on their own and just no one else is allowed to be in that space at the time? Okay. I mean, you really have to answer these questions because the 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 logistic practical application of here's the model that we're using to decide what this is going to look like, that is what's going to get filtered down through the painful dust of reality and turn into the thing that everyone actually experiences. And I understand why this change is being made. It's already been shown that athletes from outside of the U.S. are having trouble coming into the States for the existing sort of plan that was mid-September, everyone come to the ranch, we're going to do it at the ranch, top 30, everyone come together. We already saw athletes like Shironki out of the, out of the UK. It couldn't get his visa in time. And they were they were helping facilitate that. The CrossFit was helping facilitate that process, that expedited process. And still, they couldn't get the visas for them. So the bet is that, hey, if we can just hold it online, delay the in-person a little bit, shrink it down even further, maybe we have some guarantees in place that we can get five people in for sure, no matter what. Cool. Outside of all of that, you know what's really hard to do when you have 16 countries and 30 athletes and no one's allowed to travel internationally? Drug testing. Let's go ahead and go down memory lane, folks. Does the name Lefteris Theophanidis mean anything to you? Uh, it should. He was third worldwide in the Open. For a long time, by the way, he was at the top. I mean, for like 60% of the Open, he was in first place worldwide. And, uh, and then what happened to him? Let's see what happened to him. Um, okay, so he was third place worldwide in the Open. That's a spot to the games. And he was a national champion. That's a spot to the games. What did he do? He showed up to Dubai. What did he do at Dubai? Oh, he pissed hot. He took like last place and he pissed hot. Let's imagine a world in which 
Lefteris Tiafnidis does not go to Dubai so that he's not drug tested at an in-person competition. Shocker that that occurred. In that world where he just doesn't show up to Dubai, guess who would be on the list for going to compete in this online CrossFit Games version in order to make it into the top five? Um, Lefteris Tiafanidis. And guess who would have been just taking all the steroids? All of them. I mean, we're talking about the Open taking place last October. It is August right now. That is 10 months of unfettered juice that would have been competing in the online version of the CrossFit Games. That seems to be a bit of a problem, right? I mean, he's basically given a direct line to that top five. Let's say he shows up to the top five and they test everyone at the top five. Great. You tested everyone at the top five. Well, we're not going to get those results back until six weeks, five weeks after the entire event is over. So there's really no way to do any drug testing for this entire online competition. There's massive upside for the athletes that make it to that top five. And what? Honor system? Come on. If we were to just put all of that aside, I mean, don't worry about the format. Don't worry about the logistics. At the core of this thing, we are now starting to run into a truly philosophical problem. What is the identity of the CrossFit Games at this point? What are the necessary and sufficient characteristics of the CrossFit Games? What makes the games the games? Because now where we're at is the games are whatever CrossFit says they are, which is, I guess, like true in the most lame tautological, circular logic way possible. CrossFit decides what makes the games the games. But is it really even still the CrossFit games? That's a very important question that needs to be answered, that CrossFit needs to figure out. Because up until this point, the CrossFit games has been a relatively large in-person gathering competition over multiple days that tests the largest and broadest amount of fitness possible with this big group of people. Now, as that weaned down and that group of people got a little bit smaller, you know, maybe to like 30 or 40 during the uh, regionals and super regionals era, well, there was other stages to the competition open and then it, you know, funnels down to regionals or super regionals and it funnels down to the games. But this is different. This is trying to cobble together the pieces of a broken season and trying to say, you know what, guys, we did it. We still did the CrossFit games. And it's, it's only after it's over that we as spectators and fans will be able to either say, Confirmed. Affirmative. You did that. 
you nailed it. That was definitely the CrossFit Games. Or on the flip side of that, that went that was not it. That that wasn't it. That ain't it, Chief. The thing that bothers me, I mean, I don't know, bothers is kind of a weird way of putting it, but the thing that like kind of sits on my brain about this whole identity crisis, what are the necessary and sufficient things that have to be in place for the CrossFit games to be the CrossFit games? The thing that really sort of like ugh, sits on the the just the skin of my brain is like, what are they actually holding on to? Let's break it down. They're holding on to an in-person competition. Okay. Dope. If they decide to do the whole thing online, is it no longer the CrossFit Games? Arguably, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd be comfortable saying, yeah, it totally worked out the way we would expect it to. And it counts as, you know, as good a test as 2018 or 2019 if it's all online. Okay. So they're holding on to some version of an in-person test, five, five athletes. And they're saying, essentially, this is all we need. This is the bare minimum that we need in order to crown the fittest on earth in conjunction with obviously the open and some of the sanctionals and the online competition portion of the games. But what else are they holding on to? Well, they're holding on to like that really weird sort of like stagecraft of obfuscating their plans and not really communicating with the athletes exceptionally well. Like why don't we know whether it's going to be like rogue or like the open? Why don't we know? Uh, I would hope that at this point they know. So why don't we know? Why don't the athletes know? Why aren't they being given more information is it still part of this really strange, unknown and unknowable game? Like, is there a surprise that might ruin something? Like, guess what? The thing is already kind of ruined. Like, we're putting together the pieces to make something of it, but the thing is kind of ruined. And if you're holding on to the element of surprise is equivalently as important to the nature of the CrossFit games as having people there in person priorities are kind of weird right that's not just me so overall i know we've talked about a whole lot of stuff but overall i want to see the crossfit games happen i think this is a really important year it's historic it has a lot of meaning to it we're gonna see matt fight for his fifth title we're gonna see tia fight for her fourth title. These are really big milestones. These are incredibly important to the history of the CrossFit Games. The competition itself, by the way, I'm really excited for. So I don't just want to see it happen for like the historical milestones, but I, I actually want to see it happen because Dave's programming improves when he's like in his zone. And I was really disappointed with what the final events were for the top 10 athletes in the 2019 games, they were so boring and so lame overall. Like there's maybe one or two standout moments from when they cut to the top 10. But now with five, I'll say it again. I said the same thing last year. When you cut to 10, the 
entire world is your oyster. You can program so many different crazy and wild and and really tough, crazy workouts, workouts like we've never seen before. Think of the think of all the logistics that you don't have to worry about. 40 people in different heats. Well, with five, it's even more. Like you have even more freedom. But if we see them do fucking assault bike and toes to ring again, what are we doing? Anyway, shout out to CrossFit for trying super, super duper super duper hard for really just cobbling together, like piecing together this, this exploded season and trying to put something in place to one crown the fittest on earth two entertain us in a time where there really isn't a lot of entertainment and three, like commit to defining what makes the thing, the thing I'm, I think that's incredibly commendable. And I think they're, trying super hard and it's both kind of mind-blowing and also a little uh humorous i think to see how aggressively they're just shifting pieces around on this chessboard to try and put something together i really want to see it happen but i want to see the actual thought process behind executing it kind of opened up to us. These are questions that shouldn't just be decided behind closed doors by a few people. These are things that should be maybe not, you know, left up to democratic vote amongst the CrossFit spectators and fans and stakeholders, but at the very least, openly discussed. Here's what we're thinking. Here's why we're considering this over this. Here's what our limitations and constraints are and what we're working around. Here's where our resources are high. Here's where our resources are low. And this is why we want to do this. If they can't explain why, then what is stopping them from just completely changing it all again and still having no reason why? As always, folks, there is a lot going on in our sport. It is easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting stories. That is what I am here for. Thank you very much for all your support. I hope this was interesting and or entertaining. If it was either of those things, maybe like and subscribe to the channel. You know what I'm talking about? If I'm totally wrong, which I'm sure many of you think I am, say something in the comments. I want to read them. I do read them. I really do. And, uh, I look forward to having more to say about this because honestly, we still don't really know exactly what this is going to look like. So can't wait for those questions to be answered. See you next time. Take care.